King James Gossip listeners, we're back with our 10th episode of your favorite Cavaliers podcast. I have my co-host Jared and Kyle Hesketh here, and while this may end up being a shorter episode, it could be one of your favorites. We got a lot of fun things on the tally, all-star stuff, Nance in the dunk contest, everything you want to talk about from the Cavs right now. So how are you boys feeling today? I've been waiting for this day all the week. So uh, we're going to start like we usually do. Got the recaps to go over. Three games. Not even going to care about the Atlanta game. You guys predicted... You guys both predicted the loss, yeah, I think. We yeah, we did. And I predicted a win. Not going to call it, but called it. And then following that, we got our four guys. We got together. We went in there and we uh we whipped up on Boston at home. And you think like Paul Pierce's, Paul Pierce's day, his game, they're going to come out and crush us. But we won by 22, 54% shooting from the floor. What really stuck out to you guys in that game? Nobody played over 30 minutes. I loved it. So that is what stuck out to you? That is what stuck out to me because LeBron – well, Lou has been managing LeBron's minutes pretty well. But when no one plays over 30 minutes, that's when the team played incredible because uh, throughout the first three quarters, they just beat up on him. And then they allowed the bench to just play the whole fourth quarter. And what I liked is it looked like the four the four guys, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, and George Hill, it looked like they've been with us all season. And that's how it looked in the OKC game too. And that really, really impressed me. Yeah, that was overall, that was pretty nice. And we also held – we held Jalen Brown and – Tatum both to I think like it combined like eleven or twelve points. It was something pretty low. That was 14. pretty impressive. Combined fourteen. So yeah, and they were combined six for twenty from the from the field. And that kind of proves that the Celtic team they're good, but they're not good yet. Like they're, they're not, not they're not better than the Cavs yet. They're not good enough offensively. If Kyrie isn't hitting, then they don't really have a shot. I mean, other than their defense, they can beat you with their defense, but. Not against not against the elite teams is what I'm trying to say. Because we all thought – I mean, before that game, we all thought they had a shot. Everybody thought they had a shot. Yeah. But, now a lot of people are leaning more towards Toronto. And Toronto chokes in the playoffs. We all know that. That's facts. I'm not worried about them. DeRozan is – he's turning into a superstar, though. That's for sure. Yeah, he has he has changed his game. He's added the three-point shot. I like that. But back to, back to the game. I think those four players combined for – 54 points? I'm not four, sure. Four. The the new, the four new guys. Yeah, it was it was a good amount, that's for sure. And then it was more than expected. Right. And then the OKC game, they combined for 48 or 49 points. So they they've been they've been awesome additions. Kyle, you can chime in, bro. What really <laughs> what really surprised me was our defense against the Celtics. Like you said, we held Brown and Tatum to 14 points on 6 of 20 shooting and 1 of 7 from 3. So that was really great. Um, 
like Jared said, our four new players combined for 49 points against the Celtics. And, they, and like, it, I think the one thing that goes severely understated is wasn't that our first win primetime game in probably like two months? Since I think it was our first primetime win since we beat Boston first, right? So we're just really good against Boston. Yeah, we're two. Away. We're like two and eight in our primetime games, and our both of our wins are against Boston. No, no, we beat it. We OKC too. OKC was primetime. Well, okay, after, so th- but but I was talking about since Boston, since that first Boston game, and we're talking about Boston. Okay. So then OKC, yes, we're three and eight. Right. And then going going to OKC again. I mean, our defense wasn't great, but. I mean, Melo was hitting crazy shots over LeBron. Which he always seems to do that when he's matched up with LeBron. It makes me so angry. Yeah, I mean, he he shot 45% from the field and 33% from three, but he he was just hitting timely shots. Yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, we just, we didn't play very good defense against the Thunder, but I mean, sometimes it's it's their big three and they're amazing. So they're going to have great games and that's okay. What I also noticed was... Uh, a lot of people were saying that Steven Adams was so good against Kevin Love uh, before, and that's why he faked his illness or whatever. But that's not that's that besides the point. Is Steven Adams is just becoming an amazing center in this league? Top five center. I oh Top my god, center. he's phenomenal. Twenty two points, seventeen boards, uh, twelve twelve offensive boards against the Cavs. This, twelve this season, he has more offensive boards than he has defensive boards, which is insane. I was doing some stats for a piece I'm writing that's dropping on Saturday morning. There's my plug. But (laughs) I think I saw or I remember that Cleveland only has 26 games where they as a team have over 10 offensive boards. And Adams had 12 by himself. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, he's he's incredible, and the Cavs are just vastly undersized. And then you you lose a premier rebounder and Kevin Love. He's gonna grab those boards. I mean, Tristan Thompson had five total boards that game. Like if we're paying him for rebounds and defense, he really showed a lot of effort on defense. I guess he had he had an okay defensive game, but I mean, there, where's the rebounds at, bro? That said, we went three and zero this past week. We were winning games when people counted us out, and our four new stars—not stars, but our four new additions—played terrific. Do you guys think that this success is sustainable? And do you think that it gets us closer to the ultimate goal of beating the Warriors this postseason? I do. Not many people give us a chance, and not many people were giving us a chance. Um, before we made the trades, I wasn't really giving us much of a chance to beat the Warriors. But the thing about the Warriors is, yes, they have Steph Curry, they have Klay Thompson, they have Kevin Durant, they have Draymond Green. However, they do not have a very good bench. Iguodala is averaging about five points per game. Livingston, he's around five points. They're not Their bench is not as good as it has been in the past years, which the reason I give us a better shot against the Warriors is because of how lethal our bench is. Um, I think when when LeBron sits down, we don't give up leads anymore. If anything, we extend them, and at worst, we hold them. So I know in the finals and in the playoffs alone, rotations shrink, 
and they're not really playing and teams aren't playing, you know, as much people as they do in the regular season. However, um, we, we um, are able to do that because of how deep we are. And I think that would allow, that will allow us to have a greater chance against the Warriors. And I, I, obviously the Warriors are still favorites, but it's a lot close. I'd say 60, 40. I'm right there. I'm almost at 50, 50. Cause also when you watch the Warriors, the Warriors, you can see they're they're both physically and mentally fatigued because not many teams have made it to four straight finals in the history of the NBA. Obviously, you have LeBron's Heat, you have uh, Bird Celtics. There's probably more. I'm not really sure, but I know there is more. But not many teams can do it. And you, I, when you watch the Warriors, you can see you can see uh, the the additional games um, wearing on them. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that to some extent. I think honestly, think it's more still eighty twenty or seventy thirty mm. compared to ninety nine to one that it was before the trade deadline. I think the bench is going to be crucial, but I think a lot of it's going to it's all going to fall on LeBron. And even in these past two games, you can see that he's averaging four more points per game than the first fifty four turnover less. He's backed out triple-double ranges. And he's in his, like, over 1,100 games. And it's just insane, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And how he plays is going to affect how Clarkson plays. And if you notice that, they all feed off LeBron, which is, I think, what Altman really wanted to do is bring in a lot of players that feeded well off off of LeBron. Right. And I think that's really going to be what it boils down to, especially for the finals is since Golden State is so good defensively, can Cleveland's offense still revolve around only LeBron and still do well, if that makes sense? Right, but the thing is, I know they they do obviously um, do very well with LeBron, and they, they like to base their play around LeBron. But when LeBron goes out, Clarkson can handle the ball, Hood can handle the ball, um, they don't always need LeBron, but that's the There's thing. There's a difference that's between handling the ball and scoring the ball, though. Clarkson can get his own. So Clarkson can, can get his own, but will he? My question is, when he's the only threat off the second, when okay, I'm not gonna say only threat, but when it's just him, Jeff Green, and Hood, do we really think that they're gonna put up 20 a night or 15 a night? Do we think that they're still gonna be the contributors that they have been these last two games? Yeah, I think they can sustain it. Yeah, but I don't think that Clarkson can sustain shooting 62% from the field. No, that's not what I'm saying. They might not be as efficient as they are right now because obviously percentages are uh, this The Cavs are in like a little bit of a honeymoon phase. But um, uh, The honeymoon phase. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be I think they'll be fine. They, I don't think they uh, the pick and roll with Nance. The thing about Nance is Clarkson can throw it into him in the in the post, and people are if, when you watch it, people are moving all around him, and most of the time it might be a handoff to Clarkson, then a pick and roll, then he'll find an open shot. When you watch the second unit play, the ball movement is so much greater than when you watch the starters play, and that's what I love about them. And honestly, even a combination of Nance, Green, Hood, Clarkson, and Hill—that's still. That's still a lethal offense they can run with 
because they're all good pick and rolls. They all shoot threes, obviously, besides Nance. But mm-hmm. and Nance is just so much more valuable on the offensive boards that 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 team gets rebounds, they run, they're athletic. So I, I do agree to you to some extent, but the Warriors in the finals is like another level. Right. So we're gonna have to see. All right, Kyle. So we know our take on it. What you feeling about this? Uh is it any closer? Did we shrink the gap? We sh- we shrunk the gap from when IT, Jay Crowder, and all them were there. Absolutely. Okay, was- let me ask you a better question. Did we shrink the gap from ninety nine from to one to eighty twenty or to fifty fifty? Who do you side with here? Me or Jerry? I, I said sixty forty. Okay, fine. Sixty forty or eighty twenty? I want to side with you, Nathan, on eighty twenty, but I, I just can't. Right. I know think, the I know the Warriors. I know the Warriors are so good, and I understand that. And I I fell into this trap last year with how well the Cavs were playing with LeBron. I I fell into the same trap, but I, this year just feels different to me. Uh, we're younger, we're more athletic. Uh, it with the way we're playing, and uh, with, there's more ball movement than there was before. Especially when LeBron goes off, we have. Four young guys. Uh, I can call George Hill young if I want to. Uh, three young He's guys. Over thirty years old, my man. <clears throat> three young guys who who are athletic, active. Two of them can shoot really well. Two of them can get their own. Uh, and Larry Nance is just, and he's he kind of reminds me of a mix between, um, kind of like Delhi with how hard nosed he plays, and then. Anderson Virgil, he just he's always seems to be in the mix of everything. Right. We're talking so, about how good they're playing on the offensive end, but they've been playing like animals on the defensive end. They've been flying everywhere. They're all all four of them are playing very good defense. Right. And I well, yeah, go ahead, Kyle. I agree with everything you guys were saying uh, before about how well they've been playing offensively, defensively, with the ball swinging. We finally have two scorers who can come off the bench when LeBron's sitting down and take over a game. But you guys are forgetting one thing. We still have a Kevin star Love. player in Kevin Love coming back. Yes, we do. And the Brooklyn Nets pick. Let's all just keep that in the back of our mind. Which is, which is fun fact, one game away from being the number one pick. Which is, fun fact, one pick, one game away from us getting Bagley. Bagley. It's Bagley. No, no, it's Bagley. Okay. You know, we can have another topic about this. He's he's the best player in the draft. I don't really care what you say. Michael Porter Jr., bro. You haven't even seen him play. I've I've all right. I've seen his high school highlights. Hi! Oh my gosh! Right, because LeBron wasn't. You know, good. let's get back to the subject. Hey, Kyle, you know, you real quick. Finish? Well, yeah, hold on. But I want to. If we're gonna sidebar on this, let's do it. Lonzo Ball looked amazing in high school. He could shoot in high school. He could shoot in college. What happened? Lon- Lonzo Ball had noticeable weaknesses, though, because in the NBA, you can't just shoot from your hip and be amazing. But, like, I'm, I'm just- Porter's just- lengthy, Porter's athletic, but I'm not going to trust somebody with back injuries. He's coming back. Um, see, I, I don't know about that. I see what you did there. He's coming back, back injuries. Hey. I feel you. I don't know about that, though, because, I mean, LeBron has had back injuries. Kevin Love has had back injuries, and they've seemed to recover from them. With the Cavs training staff, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen Kevin Love or LeBron have back problems since their first year in Cleveland. So, just curious, have either of you guys seen Bagley putting up like thirty and ten a game for Duke Bagley, in the hardest conference in basketball? Bagley's a great player, but I mean, I don't know. 
He's a more physical Anthony Davis, for sure. Can he shoot? I, I actually yes. don't. I'm asking. I haven't, I haven't watched him He'll play. He'll develop Can that. Okay, but I'm saying Michael Porter Jr. reminds me, if I had to choose, and I know this is a stretch. Because... A mini LeBron? Get out of here. Oh, no, 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 no. He, he reminds me of Kevin Durant. I don't know and about that. That's a stretch. Geez. Well, that's why I said it's a stretch because it's Kevin Durant. Um, but he can shoot from anywhere. He can handle the ball. He's tall. He's lengthy. He's athletic. I think he'd be a perfect fit. Le- LeBron could mentor him, teach him some things. I think Michael Porter Jr. would be the best option for us. You know, screw it. Let's get Trey Young. Oh, another, another undersized point guard that loves to shoot the ball. Mm, yeah, might as well. I got one it more. Seems question. like the perfect fit. One more question. Do you guys think we are a better team this year than we were in last year's finals with Kyrie? I think we're in a better spot moving forward. If if you take us to the point where Kyrie said, I want to trade this offseason, I think we did the best we could have, especially with the trade deadline trades. Because the Nets pick, really. Right. Us keeping it, us getting younger – but it's a hot take to say that we're a better team without Kyrie. The only reason why I would say we are is because all around we're so much more deeper. That's the only reason. Kyrie is incredible, but we, we added much needed depth without him. And I, I completely mm-hmm. agree with that, uh, like 100%. I, as much as I loved Kyrie, it seemed like he was a hindrance in the locker room. It seemed like uh, he was hard to coach. Hearing those quotes from Tyron Lue saying like he didn't want to do what I what what he said he didn't he didn't he's like I can get my own shots why should I have to worry about my other teammates getting shots like that kind of ego is not good for a team you have three four other role players and George I'm not saying George Hill is a role player I mean he is right now but he's still a great point guard mm-hmm. in this league and he's he likes to get people involved he likes to play defense he knows his role he literally said I'm here. To be one of uh, Batman's Robins, literally what it said. So I, I think when you get an ego like Kyrie, as much as great as he is, and there's no denying his greatness, you get an ego like that out of the locker room, and I think it's it's much better. I mean, you look at Golden State; those there's four great, amazing Hall of Famer type players on that team, and it seems like they have no egos when they play together. They're there to win. Right. We're more of a team now that Kyrie's gone. Absolutely. Which is not a, which is not a diss on Kyrie. It's just the atmosphere is different. And we're all around, all of, like bench starters, all that stuff. I, I'd say we're a little better. All right, moving on. So we have All-Star Weekend this weekend. I'm excited for the dunk contest. All I need from this entire take is who do you think is going to win the dunk contest? We have Nance Jr., obviously. Pretty pumped for him. I don't think he's going to win. Pretty pumped for him, though. Who do you think is going to win? If I'm, Donovan, Donovan if Mitchell. I'm, it's Mitchell, Nance. Jeez, who else is in Dennis it? Dennis Smith Jr. And who? There's one more. Aaron Gordon, right? No, he dropped out. Oh, he pulled Donovan out. Mitchell pulled. I think he took his spot. Or maybe he was oh. already in it. Who's the last one? Oh, then? Victor Oladipo. Oh, yeah. Okay, Vic. I, my money's on Victor. Yeah, that's actually tough. It could go any way. Because Victor's a hooper. Right. I don't really go with big men because obviously limited in what he can do. 
Although, like, and they just don't look as good. People are just like, oh, you're 6'11". You should do that. Exactly. So I'm going to go with the rookie, Donovan Mitchell. He's my he's my favorite. I'm going to say Dennis Smith Jr. I'm going to say Dennis Smith Jr. Because exactly what you guys were saying about – That's a about... good take. I, I've seen him have some extreme bounce before. Yeah, yeah and I'm just – I'm that. saying uh, like you guys are talking about, well, he's 6'11". They should be able to do that. Well, Dennis Smith Jr. is listed at six foot tall, and he can – He's got some bounce, and I think he's going to impress a lot of people. Right. I could see any of them winning. See, but the problem is when between six foot and like six five is a gray area, in my opinion. Like if you're six four doing the dunk a six foot guy did, it looks the same. But when you hit like six eight, then that's like the second tier. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. Like you have like three tiers. It's like five eleven to like six four, and then like six four to six eight, and then six ten plus. And, like, you just look at Giannis. Like, I would never pick Giannis to win the slam dunk contest because he's – you see the 6'11 with, like – you see his, just his physical specimen that he's just dominant. And you don't think that what he does is impressive compared to Dennis Smith Jr., who's six foot hopping over something and doing a 360 between the legs or something sweet. That's all, that's all really I'm saying when it comes to, like, the big men. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I got an additional question just real quick. Do you think LeBron will – throw a pass to Nance in the dunk contest because he will be in attendance. No. No. Kyle? Probably not. No. Okay. I think it would be cool. A little camaraderie. See everyone having fun. All right. Next, we're going on to the actual game. I believe it's Sunday, probably on either ESPN or TNT or something. And we have Team LeBron. He got to be a captain. He decided to pick Porzingis, DeMarcus Cousins, who is a starter, John Wall and Kevin Love, who are all out. They were replaced with Dragic, Kemba Walker, Paul George, and Andre Drummond. Now, if this game is taken even somewhat seriously, I think that significantly hurts LeBron James's, like his team's chances. And I think they should be like a 70-30 favorite to win if, if it's kind of taken seriously like he says. Are we going 70-30 or what are the odds that you think? If you had to bet, what would you say? Bet on what? What are we betting on? If LeBron's gonna, if LeBron has good chances, if LeBron's team takes it seriously, that they could win the All Star game. For sure, I think even with all of the injuries on LeBron's team, I think his all of those players and his team, they're just head and shoulders above Seth's team. So I'm going with LeBron's team. I wouldn't say head and shoulders. Ah, it is. Even with all of those injuries, with Porzingis, Cousins. Um, while in love, I mean, he replaced it with Paul George, Andre Drummond, Kemba Walker. Yeah. Let's not act like those are like top twenty players in the league. Kemba's Paul not George. a top twenty player. Paul George isn't. Paul George is. Paul George is better than all the people that he replaced. Right. Exactly. Um, I'm sticking with it. I think LeBron's team is just so much better than Steph's, and that's not a knock on Steph. It's just how how well LeBron drafted. Kyle. What- Are you Uh, you honestly going with that same hot take? Before the injuries, I would have said LeBron's team. But after, I mean, you lose Boogie, you lose KP, you lose Kevin Love. I don't don't know how you can say they're the favorites now. No, they are. He's got, it's LeBron starting lineup. Jared, you're wrong. Jared, you are wrong. Kyrie, LeBron, Anthony Davis. Kevin Durant, and then I don't know who replaced 
You act like this is going to be like some normal game where James is going to get 35 minutes. I didn't say that. But what I'm saying is the bench is going to play a lot. And when Steph's second unit is so much better than LeBron's second unit, it doesn't even matter. LeBron and KD and Anthony Davis can't be stopped. I'm sorry. I'm going with LeBron's team. I will not I will not be uh you will not change my decision. No, it's fine to have that opinion. It's just wrong. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So listeners, I just want to give you a little brief update that I accidentally shared uh the answers with these fellas prior to, but they both say they did not look at them. So if one of them get them all right, we know who's lying. Scout's honor. We did not look. All right. So I I actually, uh, since I knew it was going to kind of be shorter, I did six instead of just like the three or whatever we usually do. All right. Let's try this one out. The Cavs have the league's worst offensive rebounding percentage over the last two games. I'm going to say fact. Yeah, I'm going to say fact as well, seeing as Steven Adams had 12 against us. (laughs) Ooh, good point. It is a fact. So. Jared, 1-0. Kyle, 1-0. All right. LeBron James has led the team in points, assists, and rebounds in their last two games. I mean, I don't know how that wouldn't be a fact. What, Kyle? I don't know how that wouldn't be a fact. Oh, you said like all three of them? Yeah, yeah. Point, yeah, in each game. So points, assists, and rebounds in against Boston, and then it's not combined. It's not like averaged. That's all I'm saying. Um... I know. I, I came up with some good ones today. I'm, I'm going to say, say fact. I'm going to say fact. No, I actually think Nance led the rebounds against OKC because he had like nine offensive rebounds. I'm going to say I think he did it against Boston, but I don't think he did against OKC. So fiction. You still going with fact or fiction, Kyle? You, wait, you said averages or just for both games? No, both games, just total rebounds. Like in game one and then game two. Because I think, I think Nance had nine against OKC. Ah, you know what? I I think I think it's it's fiction because I think only I think LeBron only like seven or eight against OKC. Ooh, and we are both right for the second one. Hey, all right. It and Crowder have both averaged over ten points per game on their new team. Oh, that's a fact. That's <laughs> that, a fact. that is that is a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. Jeez, I should have altered that one. That one wasn't that good. Yeah. The Cavs have a losing record on the road. Like overall. Yeah, that one's hard. That yeah. one is hard. I know. I know we have Best a really bad home record. Games. I know we have a horrible home record. No, I no. I think we have a pretty good home record. No, I think our home record is the same as we the lost a lot at home, but we don't have that great of an overall record. So, I'm gonna. You said it's better. No. You saw winning, winning, right? Losing. We have a losing. We have a losing road record. So under 500. Fiction. Fact. And it is only Jared who stays perfect. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> it was a oh, fact. They are a tough one. They're 14 and 15 on the road. That was wow. close, dude. Got wow. That was tough. All right. This one, uh, this one will probably get you both. The Cavs have shot over 5% better from the free throw line this season than last. That's a fact. That's a fact. They're one of the better free throw shooting teams. It's a fact. Yeah, fact. Are you sure, guys? Positive. 5%. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a big percentage. A fact. Fine, you're both wrong. What? 
I'm kidding. You're not wrong. You're fine, hey, buddy. I knew it, dude. I knew it. All right. How about this one? I think this might get you both. The Cavs are a top 10 team in fast break points over the last two games. Oh. Top 10? Yeah. That's not, that's not even that great, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. They've, they've been balling on the fast break. They have, fact. Oh, man. But he said it, he said it was going to get us. I'm going to stick with fact, but I think you're trying uh, to trick us. Fiction. I'm going I fiction. I don't know, man. That, I mean, you, we do know Clarkson has like 20 fast break points by himself. Yeah, right. I'm saying fact. I'm going fiction. That's tough, though. All right, so uh, I think Jared looked at my answers. He went six no. and zero. Hey, let's go! I did not look at him. Jared's out here cheating and shit. There's definitely no. something going on there. Scout's honor. <laughs> Scout's honor. Did not look at him. So Jared is now nine and three on the season on those, and Kyle is eight and four. It's easy work. All right, and we'll be back with that next week. But on to our last part. We are going to preview the next game. TNT, one game, home game against Washington. Obviously, it's not back. Obviously, it's not back and back, back to back. I'm going win. Kind of easy to call. Yeah, we're going to be rested up, and they don't have John Wall still, so I'm going dub. Kyle, dub, like I think. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say dub, and I, I will say dub, but I don't know. They've been playing really well without John Wall, so that's true. But, Something just tells me if you don't have John Wall, you're not going to beat us. Right? If you have John Wall, you're not going to beat us anyway. <laughs> All yeah. right, guys, that uh, that wraps up our 10th episode of King James Gospel. That is uh, number 10. How do you guys feel? It's just a thought a couple months ago. Feels good. I like it. It's pretty it. fun. I, we like getting out here doing this for you guys and uh, continue to listen. Thanks. Thanks.